Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 7, episode number 3. We are talking about, are we just teaching skills or are we teaching players how to play skillfully? There is a difference. We're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about what that looks like, um, some problems with that, and some possible solutions. So I'm really excited about about this episode today. But before we get into that, I, I really want to give everybody a big shout out. I appreciate all the love, the the streams, the downloads, uh, the interaction with different individuals and different listeners on Instagram and, and Twitter. So please keep keep tweeting, keep sharing, telling everybody uh, your inner circle about the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, so anything that you can do to help spread the love, I'm all for it. So uh, before we get into the show, be sure to follow me on social media. So on Twitter, uh, you can follow at NBNBball on Instagram. Also, you can follow at NBNBball. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at SDP underscore podcast. That's at SDP underscore podcast. Be sure to visit my site, tjonesfirm.com, for any consulting on skill development. Um, I have some new things that's, that's coming up that, I, that I'm trying to help uh, not just players and parents, but also coaches with skill development. So I've got some workshops that I put together, uh, some information on skill development. If you need a skill development plan built for your team, um, that's a possibility. I can do that for you. Um, so you visit my site. Uh, you can fill out the contact us information, or you can just shoot me an email at info at tjonesfirm.com. And again, share share my podcast with your circle of influence. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And also, I really would truly appreciate it if you gave me a five-star rating. So I got that little bit of business out the way. So let's talk about today's episode. Are we just teaching skills or are we teaching how to play skillfully? And these two things sound the same. They, you may think that they are the same, but they're not the same. Um, today's basketball players are way more skilled than ever. I mean, you look in the NBA and, and I, get, I know some people say that the, the product is not as good. But on an individual level, you're looking at the skill level, kids are getting, you know, professional training and specializing at a much younger age. And we see that all across sports, not just in basketball, but baseball. There are, I have a, a friend of mine that, that does baseball lessons, and he said parents will contact him and with, with a kid that's five or six years old to teach them how to throw properly or how to catch a ground ball. You know, how to swing the bat properly. Any of those type, very basic fundamental skills. So kids are specializing in, in, in sports and getting professional training at a much younger age. You know, um, so we can see that the players are more skillful, right? I've, I've, I've seen some kids in fifth, sixth, seventh grade that are doing things that you don't typically see the fifth, sixth, and seventh grader do. But but we often say 
about the players today, they don't know how to play the game. So that's where the difference comes in. Are we teaching them to just to be skilled and to give them, um, you know, fill up their bag with all these different things, these different moves and finishes? Or are we teaching them how to play skillfully? There is a difference. The individual player can handle the ball. I mean, they can make double, triple combo moves. Uh, they can put all kinds of jelly on finishes. They can really go in their quote-unquote bag, but players struggle with IQ and playing within a team or a system. That's, that's key. It doesn't matter what type of skills you have. If you can't apply it in a team setting or within your team system, then what are we doing, right? So if I take a player and I teach them how to really handle the ball and I teach them how to, you know, make all these passes and do all these things, but they can't apply it to their team or they can't apply it within their team system, what are we doing? And I know it goes to the, to the, to the question do you train a player specifically for a system or do you train a player to equip them with all the necessary skills to fit within a system? And I think it's a little bit of both. There's really no black and white answer. There's no one way to do this. You have to do it this way. You can't do it that way. And I think we got to start thinking in that sense. So it's, it's some blurred lines. So you could do a little bit of both. You know, hey, this is your role on your team. This is what we're going to focus on, but we're also going to add this other skill. But that other skill has got to complement what it is that they need to be able to do within their team or within their system. Okay. Um, So it goes to the question, if you're learning skills, but not how to apply those skills within the team or within the system, then what are we doing? Right. What are we doing? What's what's the point? So you often hear this argument about whose job is it to relate the skills to the game. Some feel that the trainer should be able to teach that player the skill and show them how it relates to the game. And then some feel that that is the team's coach, head coach job. Um, they may, a trainer may feel, hey, my only job is to help them get better. Teach them how to dribble, pass, shoot, footwork, blah, 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 blah. And then it's the coach's job to say, oh, okay, you've really gotten better. Now let me show you how to apply this to your to our team, to our system. Um, so some may say it's the coach and not the trainer. I think, I believe the trainer has to teach the how, why, and when. Okay, so how? Let the... Teach the player how to do and, and how is, is going to be explained two different ways. So I think you got to teach the player how to do something, right? How to shoot a layup, how to make a left-hand pass, how to make a change of direction, and all the intricate details that go into that. You know, understanding that making a change of direction, uh, making a change of direction dribble move. It's not just about the dribble. It's also about the footwork, about your hips, you know, about your body position, 
Where are your shoulders? Where is your, where is your chest? You know, um, you're, you're not just the dribble move, not just changing hands from left to right, but how you're pounding that ball. Where is your hands on the ball? Right. So you have to let the players know how, but you also have to let them know how it relates to the game. Okay, how to execute the skill and how it relates to the game. You also have to be able to teach them uh, why. Why we're doing this and when we're doing this. Okay, so, all right, we're going to work on making some change of direction moves. Let me show you how to do it. Okay, how does this relate to the game? Well, you're going to need to be able to do this to create some separation. These are some instances when you need to create separation, okay? I'm telling you, why are we doing this? Because this is an area that you struggle in, and we need to add this to your game to add value to you as a basketball player, okay? Now, this is when you would do it, and I wouldn't necessarily tell them all that at one time, but you're explaining that in about, you know, a minute, minute, you know, minute and thirty seconds, and I know people say you should you should talk in bullet points, and you should as much as possible. But there are gonna be some times when you're gonna have to just take a little time and explain some things. Make sure the player understands what you're what you're talking about, because we don't want to just talk in bullet points, and then the player is looking at you like this doesn't make any sense. So we want to make sure that the player understands what you're talking about. But now what I've done is I've explained how to do do the skill, how to execute it. And I can either demonstrate or I can uh, show a video or I can have another player demonstrate. But I've shown how to do it. I've explained how to do it. I've explained how it relates to the game. I've explained why we're doing this. And then I've explained when to do it. Okay. well, when do I change direction? When do I do the hezzy? When do I go behind the back? You know, what am I reading? Like all those things helps the player and it also teaches them how this relates to the game. Okay. And you could tell them how this skill fits within their system. Right. So if I'm working with a player on how to attack closeouts, I'm telling them. Okay, in your system, on your team, your role is really a spot-up shooter. So when you're on the wing and that ball is swung to you, the opposing team knows that you're a three-point shooter. So you're going to have to be able to attack those closeouts because they're going to close out really hard on you. This is how this works within your system. And you teach them those skills. But you also, as a trainer, have to understand some of the philosophies and how to coach coaches because some coaches don't believe in mid range. I, you know, I don't agree with that, but that's just, Hey, that's if it is what it is. Uh, So I'm teaching that player how to attack the closeout. So I have to know, is it okay for you to, to catch it and pump fake, let that defender fly by sidestep into a three pointer or do I need, or do we need to work on pump fake drive Kick, relocate, catch and shoot. Or do we need to work on catch, pump fake, get to the rim in one or two dribbles and finish? Those are some things you have to know. 
Now you're adding something to their game. Okay. You're adding something to their game and you're showing them how what I'm adding to your game relates to the team or the system that you play in. Okay. Now I'm, I don't, you know, I'm a pretty modest person, but I feel like I just gave y'all some jewels on that. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just, I just gave y'all some jewels on that because a, a lot of the, uh, some of these things that I'm seeing on social media, it's, we're doing the Kyrie this, we're doing the Steph this, we're doing this, we're doing that. And that's cool and all, but you have players that's doing stuff that just like, what are you doing? I've seen players that every time they drive, they do the same pickup every single time. Like you can tell what's drilled, what they're told to do. Oh, every time you dribble the ball to the basket, pick it up high. You know, and or and it's like you don't you don't have to do that every time. And every time you're doing it, you're fumbling the ball. So it's just these different things that we have to understand and make sure that we're doing. So we can't just go out here and teach a bunch of skills and, and then the players are not understanding how it relates, how it relates to the game. Um, so we gotta know, we gotta teach specifics on how to how it applies uh to the system or, or the team that the player is playing in. Um, so in order for that to happen, the trainer has to have some type of knowledge of the player's system and how to coach coaches, um, you know, for that player within their role, for that role within the system. So the trainer just can't be so caught up in, I'm teaching the James Harden double crossover step back. Um, so when you get players, you're going to have players that's, that's not skilled to do that. So you're going to have to understand who they are as a player, their skill level, their ceiling. And I'm, I'm sorry, let's not say ceiling, their potential. Because I, I think if you say ceiling, you'll put a player in a box. So you have to understand uh, who a player is, their skill level, their potential, and understand what their role is on their team. You have to. And then you, as you start teaching them certain things, you have to show them how this can relate to their game, to their team, to their system, and how they can apply said skills. If you can do that, now you're building a player. And it's going to be noticeable to the coach that they have improved over the summer. Because we all know that coaches sometimes will put players in the box. Oh, this player can shoot, but he can't handle the ball worth the flip. Oh, this player is good at uh, this post player is good at at you know interior defense and rebounding, but they can't score from the low block to save their life. So if they know that, even though the summer is past and the season, and you know you're getting back with the team and you're practicing, they're still not gonna be like, hey, let's throw the ball in to the low block and let them go to work. They're not gonna do that. So you have to show them what you can do. And there's a way to go about doing that. All right. So how did we get here? How do we get to this point to where we are just really teaching players skills, but but not how to play skillfully? And, and the, I want to insert this in here real quick. When it comes to playing skillfully, that doesn't just mean that you have skills and you and you understand who you are as a player and your role within a team or a system. 
You also have a high IQ. You, you have a good IQ, right? So you have to understand the game itself. There's a game within the game that you have to understand. So how do we get here? Because if we're just teaching players skills and we're not teaching them how to apply it within their team or system, their IQ is going to suffer. So I feel like a couple of, a few things. Number one, too much copying of NBA players. And this, this is the one that drives me crazy. This really drives me crazy. Too much copying of NBA players. Trying to teach elite NBA player skills to youth players. And, and I say elite, uh, elite skills to youth players, but it can be college players. It could be, you could be working with an NBA player and someone say, hey, I want to I do that move like James Harden. You, you have to tell them, man, you know, you're not on James Harden level. Because I, I, I think people see, see these NBA players do certain moves and certain, certain, certain moves and certain shots, and it looks really cool. And they make it look easy. And then as a coach or a trainer or a parent, you'd be like, man, I, wanna, I want my 14-year-old player or 15-year-old kid or 10-year-old to be able to do that move. And it's a process. And I'm, uh, I'm telling y'all, it is, it is truly a process. And it happens over time. So you have to understand, um, I was on Twitter the other night and I was listening to um, Twitter Spaces. And Dave Severance and Mike Procopio and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. I just went blank. Uh, Drew Hanlon. <laughs> That's who it was. I was thinking, pure sweat, pure sweat. Well, anyway, Drew Hanlon was on there. And, you know, he's been working with Bradley Bill and Jason Tatum for a number of years. I mean, since they were like teenagers. And this is something I've always felt and I've always said. You've heard me say, if you listen to my podcast, you've heard me say this before. And he said this the other night. He was talking about how, you know, Another NBA player was like, oh, I want the Bradley Beal something he added to add in his game. And he told him, he was like, look, I've been working with Brad since he was like 12, 13 years old. We've built up to this. Your footwork is nowhere near his footwork. So I'm not going to teach you or show you his his move. It doesn't make any sense. Like you're not there yet. And that's something we have to start doing as trainers and as coaches. Understand, okay, it's it's cool to use James Harden as motivation. James Harden to me has the best step back, right? Everybody would pretty much say he probably got the got the toughest step back in the NBA. But if I'm doing something with a player and I'm showing them James Harden, I'm not showing them the moves that James Harden does. And I think youth players could do a step back. If they have a solid foundation, and when I say a solid foundation, I mean they really understand balance off the dribble. They have to understand balance off. The, if they don't understand balance off the dribble, if they can't dribble straight ahead two times and come to a stop and be on balance, they're not going to be able to do a step back on balance. So if they have a solid foundation of understanding balance, understanding stopping and starting on balance, so when we move to a step back, or if I look to try to add that to their game and I show them James Harden, 
I'm not showing them James Harden the moves and the double crossovers to between the cross, between the cross, between the cross. I'm showing them how he's on balance and how he's straight up and straight down. Right. I'm showing his pickup. You know, like those are some of the things I'm going to show. Luca the same way. They're balanced. Look at how they're balanced. They don't necessarily, you know, jump six, seven feet to the side or step back a lot. It's just really about the hard drive. Get that defender going, going backwards. I stop. I give a little step back and then I raise up and shoot on balance. That is what I would teach that player. And we get we get confused because we see Luca doing some, or James Harden or Kyrie Irving. You know I mean you know how many hours they have put in the lab to work on certain things, and then you're trying to teach them a move. Um, and I've been saying this: Kyrie, Steph, you know Bradley, bit like some of these moves these guys are making are improvised. They're not in the gym working on combo, combo, you know, all of these different, they're not working on all that, but they understand their dribble. They understand their footwork. They understand reading the defense and they make a move or they combine these moves and it allows them to, and, you, and now you're just like, whoa, what was that? And then what we do as trainers we watch it on YouTube hundreds and hundreds of times, and we try to teach that exact move. I'm telling you, these guys, and I would be surprised. And if you work with NBA players, please let me know. Let me know. I'm, and when I say work with NBA, I'm not talking about you just rebound for them. I'm talking about you actually work with them. You actually work with them, and this is what y'all do. Y'all work on six, seven combo moves. Let me know. And I'm talking about working on six, seven combo moves for them to do in the game. There is a time to work on six or seven combo moves. If you're doing it to tighten up their handle, you're using it as a warm-up. You're using it to kind of get them going. But I'm talking about the meat and potatoes of your training session is six, seven combos into a pull-up, into a step-back. Come on. Ask the kids, say, stop playing with me. <laughs> All right, so too much copying of NBA players. Number two, I know I kind of went on the rant, so I'm going to go through these other ones real quick. How else do we get here? How, how do we get to teaching skills but not teaching how to play skillfully. Social media. Doing too much for likes and retweets and not being authentic. Y'all, I, I mean, I think it's cool. You know, we as, I think it's just human nature for us to put something together and, and, and to feel accepted and for people to like it. But I think it's a, 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 a bad situation if I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, right? If I'm Having a kid work on certain things, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of likes on this. I'm going to get a bunch of tweets and retweets and all that. I think that's, I, I think that's wrong. So now we're, we're trying to get the likes and we're trying to get the retweets and we're trying to get the sponsorships and we're trying to grow our followers. We're doing all these different things so we can get something for ourselves. Then what happens is we don't teach the players how to actually play the game. We're just teaching them moves or we're teaching them um, skills, but not how to apply those skills in the game or how to play skillfully. A lot of these one-on-one -on -one moves that we're teaching, they there there could be a place for it, but if you're in high school and the shot clock is winding down, oh, I need to go in my bag, right? 
uh, end of the quarter, I need to go in my bag. Uh, in the NBA, a lot of times guys has to break, break down their defender, right? But I will tell you, if the offense is not flowing and the shot clock is winding down, a lot of times they're going to get into some type of pick and roll. That's going to be a high pick and roll up top. And they're going to try to turn the corner against that big. Or they may pull it out. And those players are run straight towards that big and make some type of move. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's just really in their back. A lot of times it's just in and out cross, maybe to a step back, in and out cross into a hezzy to the basket. You know, so, but anyway, social media, doing too much for likes, retweets, and not being authentic. All right, how else did we get here? How did we go from just teaching a bunch of skills and not teaching players how to apply it skillfully? Uh, Not enough stop and correct. Not enough stop and correct. Directions over instructions. That's what we're doing. We're giving directions instead of instructions. Um. Like I just said, teaching end of shot clock, end of quarter, end of half, ISO moves versus how to play without the ball. And I go back to this all the time. I think when when Gannon Baker, and I'm not bl- I'm not <laughs> I'm not blaming Gannon for this, but Gannon when when years ago when Gannon was just all you saw was Gannon Baker, Gannon Baker. Uh, he always talked about giving, making sure the players had a ball in their hand, right? Get the lines, move them, you know, have a ball in their hand. And, and, you know, players don't want to be standing in line being bored. And I completely get that. And that is that is true. I hate having players stand in line, right? If I have more than like three or four players, I'm going to put them in two lines. I just, I don't like players to be to be idle because too many distractions, they can get to talking, they eyes can get to wondering, they can start thinking about the girlfriend or the boyfriend, what's going on after school, what they're going to eat for dinner, all this stuff. I want to keep them occupied. I want to keep them engaged, right? And so it went from everybody. And what happened was we took that and ran with it. So now everybody's got a ball in their hand and everybody's doing one-on-one moves. You know, I'm slowly starting to see players do more passing, like drive and kick, relocate and shoot. But a lot of times it's something with the ball in their hand. And a lot of players at the at the high level, LeBron James dominates the ball. So if you are uh, a three and D guy, you're not going to have the ball in your hands a whole lot. It's cool to work on some ball handling, keep your handles tight just in case you get it and you may have to attack. Maybe in a fast break, you make a move and finish. Uh, or you catch and attack a closeout, you got to drive it, make a move and finish. I get all that. But we don't have to, everything doesn't have to be about ball dominant, ball dominant, ball dominant. You have to be able to play without the ball, understand cuts, understand reading other defense. Uh, screens, different actions or triggers, different actions. What can I do to try to gain an advantage? That's that's something that I'm teaching my my 11 year old daughter. Like she's not the biggest kid, so I'm like, hey, you have to gain some type of advantage, you know. So if 
if you're matched up with a kid and they're a little bit bigger, they're athletic, you got to really be smart and you got to really have your skills tight to be able to gain an advantage. So maybe we can gain an advantage by having some type of two-man action. Maybe if you understand if I make this pass, I can read this defender. Oh, I can cut front cut real quick. Or maybe they try to deny, I cut back. I have a rear cut or a back cut. Okay? Maybe I can act like I'm setting the screen and then slip it. Right? Maybe I can throw it to the to the elbow or to the high post and then cut off and try to get an advantage. Any of those things. Those are the things that the players have to learn. Or, you know, I can drive and kick, run back to catch the ball and shoot. Like, those, I think, are really, really important. So how did we get here? Too much cop in the NBA players, social media, and not enough stop and correct. So how to play without the ball, stopping and correct. You didn't do this right. Let me back up. I don't like using the words right or wrong. I, and I know y'all be like, well, how, how, why do you, how, do you, how do you do that? Um, because I don't, I don't feel like... Because of a confidence issue, if you tell a player that it's wrong, they can have a negative effect on their confidence. So I tell them if there's a more efficient way to do it. Okay, so I try to let them know, hey, that's cool. You probably can get away with that, but let's look at this. This is a little more efficient. So now they're like, oh, okay, well, that could work, but this could be even better. They look at it differently. Uh, So we have to stop and correct. Tell them when something is not efficient. Tell them how something can be done better. Uh, So we have to be able to stop and correct. We can tell them it's something that's off, you know, anything like that. But we have to stop and correct short sound bites, 30, 45 seconds explanation. Tell them what you see. Give them an explanation. Allow them to ask questions. If they understand it and they can apply it, we keep moving. If they don't understand it, further explanation. Walk through it. Show them video. Whatever you have to do to make sure you're on the same page. Okay? So that's how we got there. All right. So uh, we're approaching, you say we're on 30 minutes. Let me, let me talk about some possible solutions. Let me talk about some possible solutions. Now, I've kind of hit on some of these solutions throughout the show, but we're going to wrap it all up right here and put a big bow on it and stick it under your Christmas tree. <laughs> If you celebrate Christmas. So possible solutions. We have to remember that everything has to relate back to the team or the game. Whatever it is that we're teaching, it has to relate back to the game. And we have to remember. That the game is five on five. Okay, and we're going to get into that in just one second. So possible solution. Teach skills based on players ability. Don't skip steps. Don't don't try to teach a player the James Harden or the Luka step back if they don't understand the proper footwork and balance it takes to shoot a one or two dribble pull up. They have to understand that they have to have a foundation, something to stand on. If they don't have anything to stand on, they're going to struggle. So we we have to teach skills based on their ability. So if a player doesn't understand you know, just a old school, simple right hand and left handed layup. Why are we teaching them 
a Euro step or a spin move. Okay. I get it. I understand. But uh, we we gotta we gotta start somewhere because again, the layup is more than just a layup, a basic layup. There's so much that you're teaching them in the most simplest form. You know, timing, footwork, touch, eyes, you know, ball pickup, rhythm, coordination. Like all that stuff plays a part in learning how to shoot a layup, in learning how to finish around the rim. So we got to teach skills based on players' ability and make sure we don't skip any steps. Uh, the second possible solution, please show the players how the skill relates to the game, whatever it is that you're working on. So if you're working on uh, handling the ball versus a physical defender, if you're working on how to get position uh, against a physical defender, you know, uh, how to get separation if you're trying to go from the low block to the high post. Any, any, any of that, if you're showing how to get open, show them how it relates to the game. I don't care how cool the drill is. And players will enjoy that cool drill, but the, the, the real players, they want to be taught. They want to know how this can help their game. So if you, it doesn't matter how cool the drill is, but if you can show them, hey, this is how this relates to the game, and more specifically, this is how this relates to your game. Because as a trainer, I understand how you play. I understand your role in your team system. And I understand how teams are going to play you based on how you played last year. So they're going to try to take this away. They're going to try to take away this particular skill. So this that we're working on will help you still be able to execute that skill. So the player's like, oh, bet. I still can get to this. Oh, okay. So we we have to show them how it relates to the game and, and their role and within the system or the team that they play on. Another possible solution, add defense whenever possible. But remember, like I just said, just but remember, the game is five on five, not one on one. So a lot of times I see some really good one-on-one drills. Really good one-on-one drills. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. Um, they're a one-on-one drill where, you know, it's not just a typical get the ball at the top of the key. I got to defend in front of me and go one-on-one. But they're different drills to where the defense has to react or the offense has to react. Um, scoring from different positions on the floor or attacking from different positions on the floor. Um, anything like that. But here's the thing we have to remember. We can start one-on-one. So there is a drill I saw. Um, there's a defender standing in front of the offensive player. Both players are facing the basket. Okay, both players are facing the basket. The offensive player has the ball on their back. And there's two cones in front of them. You know, they're probably about six to eight feet apart. And based on the players that you're working with, you can have them as close or as far back as you want them to be, or as wide as you want them to be. And they are about three feet in front of the defender. And so when the defender is ready, he can run around one of those cones and the offense goes the other direction. And the offense is trying to get to the rim, right? So the offensive player can get to the rim and finish, boom, great. 
That's cool. That's a one-on-one drill. So now we're working on getting to the rim and finishing. But we have to remember the game is five on five. So it's cool to progress that drill into two on two. So now I can have an offensive player on the weak side, a weak side shooter, and a weak side defender. And so now when that player drives, they got to worry about that other defender rotating over. And then my other offensive player has to be able to relocate to try to find an open spot to be able to get. So that's what I mean by understanding we can do one-on-one, but it has to relate to five-on-five. So now I'm showing my player, hey, you're not going to always be able just to go to the basket and shoot the layup. You're not gonna, you can't just worry about your defender. You have to also be uh, – you also have to be able to see that that weak side defender rotating over. So that's that's what I mean. So as a coach, as a trainer, if you're a parent, if you're a player, and you're going out to try to find a trainer, that's what you need to look for. With what they're doing, are they teaching just skills or are they teaching my my son, my daughter, my my nephew, my athlete? how to apply those skills in the game. Are they teaching skills or are they teaching the players how to be skillful within the game? And I think if you if you know that and understand that, uh, the game will be much, much, much better. Uh, so that is it for today. I appreciate y'all listening to this. We got a few days before Christmas. I know we're in the middle of the holidays, so whatever holiday that, that, that y'all are celebrating. Um, I pray that everyone be safe. Y'all enjoy time with your family. You know, COVID is on the rise. Um, and so, you know, you try to spend time with your family best, best way you can, however that may be, whether it's in person, whether it's through, um, you know, virtually, you know, enjoy your time with your family. I will, I will tell you this, it's very important to spend time with your family. We don't know, you know, we don't know when that time may be up. So we want to spend time with with our family. Uh, Let people know you love them. Let people know you care for them. You know, give people their flowers while they're here. Give people their flowers while they're here. Uh, So that is it. That is today's episode. Again, uh, let me give y'all my social media real quick. Follow me on Twitter at NBNBball. Also on IG at NBNBball. You can also follow the podcast at SDP underscore podcast. Visit my website, tjonesfirm.com, or you can send an email to me, info at tjonesfirm.com. If you have any questions on skill development, if you're a coach, an athletic director, and you want uh, a workshop done for your coaches on skill development, you can send an email to that email address. Be sure to share my podcast with your circle of influence and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Also, I appreciate if you gave me a five-star rating. Until next week, thank y'all and God bless.